You know, Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibbs' new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he reveals the antidote to the lies we're told that have become increasingly harder to detect. From the inspiring foreword written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapters, Pastor Jack exposes how to combat deceptive spirits and equips us when we're deceived by the ultimate liar, Satan himself. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is a powerful must-read, and when you order, you can bundle by getting the DVDs and a downloadable link for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com radio. That's jackhibbs.com radio. Hey everybody, we have a fantastic podcast for you today. We are with Star Parker. If you're not familiar with Star Parker, you're about to become familiar with Star Parker. It's gonna be a tremendous program. Can't wait for you to hear it. But listen, don't forget, as always, you can subscribe to the Jack Hibbs podcast by hitting subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And as always, adjust your pods, turn up the volume, get ready, let's roll. Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Well, today we have with us a, uh, not only a star, in my (laughs) opinion, but a warrior. Um, If I could assemble a biblical image of uh, Deborah in the Bible, the great warrior woman of God, uh, I would think of Star Parker, who we have with us today. And Star is on the front lines of doing everything she can uh, to change the cultural direction of where America is at and where it should go. And we need this more and more in our country today. And so it is an honor to have with us Star Parker and just so our audience knows a little bit about you, you are the founder and president of uh, CURE. The acronym stands for? The Center for Urban Renewal and Education. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. have had quite a bit of success with this because if I remember right, uh, you made some impressions even upon President Trump and his administration uh, and, and beyond that. Can you explain a little bit about that? Well, that's starting from a year ago, and then I'll go backwards with you. And thank you for having me with you, yeah, because this is exciting. And especially now you said, you're like Deborah. Good, because that's what people say. You're aggressive. I'm like, I like yes. Deborah was aggressive. That's then when right. they say, oh, they have all these things they want to say. I always pick Bible characters that's to right. say, well, that's their personality, too. So yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, President Trump wanted to fix the inner cities. He ran on it. He told the world that he was going to fix the inner cities. He asked black people, what do you have to lose? Even though they didn't vote for him in major numbers uh, that year, he still wanted to fix the inner cities. So I was one of the folks on a task force trying to help shape that what that should look like. Uh, it ended up where 
Senator Tim Scott and Senator Booker put in the tax bill and opportunity Opportunity, Opportunity Zone, Zone Initiative, Zone. that's right. Yes. So in that, we were able to identify all 8,700 broken zip codes. And I'd always been through Cure about that little lost sheep because mm. God liked that little lost sheep and we wanted to um, help them recover their lives, um, put them on a path to where they could be healthy and whole in America. So I was able to do that, but he also put me on a commission. It is a civil rights committee for the state of California, and we answer to the city, uh, to the to the um, National Civil Rights Commission, uh, which is where they look for um, race uh, disparities. And so, in the new appointments that Trump made for the state of California, we were able to uh, push through to study the impact of AB5 on. Minorities, I know. There are a whole lot of people that are very upset that that's what we're studying, but we thought it's worthwhile because a lot of folks are in the gig business. A lot of people want to stay independent of working for a union, so it's been really fun. <laughs> this is the first I've heard of this, and I have to tell you, being a native Californian, and, and the fact that we know f that Trump came here for various fundraising events, uh, but he never really campaigned here. Mm -hmm. I know that he went up to the farm area near Fresno. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was a big deal because he met with farmers. It was a small gathering, but he released the water back into the custody of the farmers, which was amazing, rather than have it go out to the ocean. Right. And, uh, but other than that, I just thought Trump didn't have any involvement whatsoever in California. But oh, you're he had saying a lot that he had a plan. Well, he had a plan to fix all of the inner cities. And when you think about the Civil Rights Commission yeah. and what normally happens through all of these um, organizations, if you will, governmental interest in black or ethnic or race dynamics, the left has controlled that space well since they started. Uh, the 60s is when we saw many of these things come up after uh, the Johnson administration, and then it moved into affirmative action and race preferences, and so it's destroyed a lot of race relationships and other things like that. But these are commissions, and each president gets a chance to put people on there. Um, many of the Republicans just ignored that opportunity, but President Trump said, then put people on there. So it wasn't just in California, it's all over the country. Wherever he saw an empty space on the committee, uh, he put people on there. Are those committees still going or have they oh, been canceled? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, they can't be canceled. They're part of so, the... This is great to hear. They're part of the United States um, Civil Rights Com um, Commission. The reason that when the left, people like BLM and Antifa complain about race dynamics and all of the woe is me's, they're lying on the country because what happened in the 60s is the structures were set up that if someone has a complaint, they do have somewhere to go. Mm -hmm. We have many of that. Every single department has a civil rights arm. And so they have people that are both sides of the aisle appointed to them by the president. President Trump is one of the first Republican presidents that took advantage of that. So now you have a lot of conservative and libertarians on these committees all across the country looking to really um, find what's broken down and see if we can actually fix it. So in California, we have the most incredible homeless situation going on. And what can you share about that? Why, what's happened to where uh, several years ago that wasn't yeah. something that you saw mm -mm. and then now you do mm -hmm. and you see it everywhere? What's happened? What transpired or didn't transpire That's for this? Really interesting question because the committee I just told you about, 
we were looking at homeless too. In fact, I was the one that wanted to work on that area. And then when it came down to the vote, everybody else that was more center right was going toward AB5. So I threw my vote there and we won by one vote to study that. But homelessness is my passion area for a variety of reasons. Not just my brother has lived on the street for 25 years, but you know my background um, because when I came to your church and talked about, yeah. you know, what God delivered me from and to or the criminal activity, the drug activity, the Amazing. sexual activity, the, you know, I mean, well, he's such a fulfilling God. Like he knows <laughs> to go get that little lost sheep and he yeah. knows where we are. And so he does that with the homeless as well. But the challenge and what changed was that the right looks at homelessness mostly through a Christian lens, that that, that person is a unique individual and has something that they can contribute to society. They just got lost. So let's go find out what mm. it is. There might be drugs, it might be alcohol, it might be economic. It could be that they're uh, mental problems or it could be just they, um, they're, they're disabled. But the left looks at it very differently. They, they like them in that capacity. They think that there's nothing wrong except that the Bible thumpers keep saying there's something wrong. So they just want them comfortable in that state. So when Barack Obama won the presidency back in 2008, he changed the rules. He moved. What used to happen was homelessness was in, in HHS, Health and Human Services, because Health and Human Services, the department, and then they spread their wings everywhere, handles human tragedies, human yes. issues. He moved it from there, the budgeting, oh. to HUD because they think it's a housing problem. So they'd rather go buy them tents. And so what happened, the wow. impact across the country over the last 10 years is that the people that were serving the homeless, looking at all the areas where they're broken down and helping them fix their lives, all of a sudden their budgets dried up. So now they can go from 300 beds to, to, to 30 beds. Um, in fact, one uh, called the Red Door up in San Francisco area almost collapsed because of that one change. And so they've been working to get that thing changed back. But in the meantime, it just forced every homeless person out into the streets. And it's interesting, you asked about President Trump. He was fixing that too. He had hired a person out of uh, Texas and we had just finished all of the planning uh, and then COVID hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Remarkable. We had no plan. We had no idea that we'd be talking about Trump like this. That was not my plan. Well, it, it, but in a way, you have to say, as, as aggressive as it was, and in fact, my fifth book was called Necessary Noise. How, you know, he inflames the culture war and why this is good news for America, because he did inflame it. And, and there are many instances we can see through scripture where God would choose a total heathen to change things, to get his brick against Absolutely. the wall and make you make harder choices, or even know that there's a challenge. And so he, he did some wonderful things in that time. And I think that even today, that the baton was passed to these folks, these pagans, to show people just how dark it can get. Mm -hmm. um, both were administrations that I think were very welcome into our society because we reached a point we just couldn't go on like we were. You know, I've been in Washington in and out for 25 years and my cure policy is in Washington, D.C. It's not just a deep state, it's a dark state and it's nowhere near what the founders had in mind. They really wanted a limited role of government and now government's a quarter of all of our budget is only on these poverty programs which are people programs and we don't want that. This is, this is not where things should be, but most Americans, especially Bible-believing Americans, were just ignoring the obvious. It didn't touch them, so wow. they didn't do anything. They right. didn't put any passion into it. And so I think God wanted to get their attention. You said something a moment ago, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna act like um, it cannot be true, so I'm gonna ask you to, to, to defend what you said a moment ago. You said that when the uh, Democrat Party made the change under Obama uh, from Health and Human Services to HUD regarding the homeless, you said something to the effect that they, 
they like, they're okay with people living in tents. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How can that possibly be true? How could they, I mean, really? How did they disconnect from that that's a human being? You know, these are the elite. These are the people that kill babies in the womb because they actually think that and they may be born of the oh, womb. I'm so thankful that you're fighting that from happening here yep. in California because it could happen. It will happen if we don't stand our ground to make sure that God's reward is brought to bear uh, in this earth. But yeah, they're they're elite. They, they are following. This is not a new discussion we're having. Uh, this is all throughout the scripture. What's happening for most Christian Americans is they never thought it would happen and they have to make these determinations. Mm -hmm. We've been spoiled. We've lived, you know, what did um, one of the scripture told us that Moab settled on her lease and that's been right. shifted and so now, and, and tilted. And so now that's what's occurring. And so we have to remember why we believe what we believe. But yeah, the left, the enemies of God have always been. The 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 King Solomon said they're an abomination to God. And so yeah, they 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 when they ride by homeless, they don't even see them. Christians see them, they just don't know what to do about them. Wow. It's just a reality and, 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 and it's a continuous. That's why they trap poor children in failing schools. That's why they have nothing to do with ghetto. They just think it's okay. And there are Christian people that say, but it's not okay. They just don't know what to do. So not too long ago in this state, uh, there was the numerically, this state hosted the biggest governor recall in American history. Mm -hmm. Gavin Newsom was handed basically a, 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 you know, your fired notice and was forced into uh, an, an election. And Larry Elder, he's a dear friend of ours. We love him. Uh, Larry Elder got more votes than all of the other candidates combined. And Larry Elder had that front position because uh, he had a plan. And one of the things that blew my mind and I loved about what Larry was saying, and it kind of just rings true to what you were just saying a moment ago. I, I agree with you, Star, that the condition that we're in is because of the absence of Christian involvement. And Larry had asked me if, if he were elected, if I could head up uh, activating the churches in California by zip code. You mentioned zip code. Mm -hmm. And he said, based upon a church's capability, there's big churches, medium, small churches. He said, I don't even care about that. But if it's a small church in that zip code, maybe they could reach out to that one, two, three, or five homeless people that are nearest to them mm -hmm. and begin to give them a life, give them the gospel, give them a trade, take them in, adopt them off the streets. A church could do this. And it was thrilling. I got so yeah, excited yeah, about what yeah. was going to be yeah. coming. Of course, it didn't turn out that well, way. <laughs> and it might not have even come that way because one of the things that people don't understand about the political process is this, it's entrenched in HUD. So even if you wanted to do it and a church wanted to do it, it's illegal to do it. Unbelievable. They, yeah, you have to work through the structure, if you will. And now that's in HUD. It, it's, it's incredible what has happened. When the budget was $2 billion for the homeless, we had about 200000 in the country. They increased the budget because it's housing problem to $4 billion. Now we have 800000 well, Of course. Okay, this is government. This is what they do when they create uh, problems. This is the same strategy they use uh, when they built out the ghettos, the housing projects, the Section 8. They wow. tell people, don't work, don't save, don't get married, and we'll kind of keep you right here uh, in that discomfort. But I think Larry would have done it. He would have he would have gotten the Figured interest in that. Uh, that's why I want him in Washington, D.C. now. I said, you know what, someone ought to send him how many times um, President uh, Lincoln lost before he won. So and then, true. 
He'll still come. Not yeah. only lost, yeah. but Lincoln yeah. suffered so much yeah. death around his life yeah. with yeah. his so, loved ones. So, her, uh, you know, especially with Diane Feinstein ill right now, maybe he should look at that. Maybe look at a congressional seat down in Orange County so that um, move up the apparatus and make the changes that need to occur. So, Larry. We're, we're sending you a message, Larry Elder. Yeah, he's a good friend. He's a good He's guy. a really good friend. But I think that you're onto something when you look at what it is that the liberals have done to damage what God has asked us to do. You know, we think about some of the social problems that we have and the church responds to them, what the LGBTQ community is doing or attempted to do with our children. So there's a reaction to that. What they've done through abortion, then there's a reaction to that. But where we're now moving, and we should move in society, and that's why I do give Trump credit for having us focus on those broken zip codes, is we need to go and, and see what has happened to our poor. What has happened to those that God has told us to care about? Now, what the left has sent out in messaging is that, oh, those people don't really care. They won't spend any money in it. But what many don't appreciate is how much money we actually do spend. Now, it's not a lot of the church doing it. It's always like, you know, the 20% doing the heavy always. lifting. But that 20%, you know what it looks like? $400 billion here, mm. $300 billion abroad, $900 billion in a welfare state forced into the coffers of Washington out of their paycheck, and that doesn't even include the tithe. So that means that people are ben benevolent. That's so right. they just don't know where, how do you fix what we keep seeing? So we do have enough programs going here and there, but a strategy is what really has to occur. And that's why there was energy and momentum behind Larry, because you're right, he, he was approaching more like a businessman, not a politician. Politician always blames somebody else for why they can't get something done. But a businessman looks in the mirror, says, I'm the reason something's not done. I need to make some changes. And so Larry has more business mind and yes. would have really been effective here in California. Yes. So I don't know if what I'm going to say is going to get me in trouble or <laughs> blow up something, but Larry had, he had name recognition. Mm -hmm. He had the votes. Mm -hmm. He had the rallies. People mm -hmm. showed up in numbers. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And he campaigned hard. Mm -hmm. But uh, the party that he represented mm -hmm. with the R in the end of his name, mm -hmm. they didn't get behind him. Mm -hmm. The status quo party. They actually made it harder for him. Mm -hmm. And I saw that. I got to watch that firsthand. Mm -hmm. What's going on? The RNC, the Republican Party, is a business. And in that business, they have a board. We call them the 168ers. Every state gets two. Every uh, territory gets two. And then they have alter alternates, I think they call them. So, and those guys, it's... It's just business for them. They're not thinking about making changes. It's a comfort zone. It's a it's a political party. And the 168ers is where people that are being compelled to go do something, instead of running for office, maybe they should think about replacing one of the um, yeah, committee men. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, exactly. Because that's what happens. The orders come from top, and they come down, and so it's just a party. Wow. The only reason I ran for office years ago here in California is because that was the year Michael Steele had won the RNC chairmanship and say what you will about him and he has gone way left. But when he won and he saw that there were districts where they just weren't even running people. Yes. And yet the country's turning blue. And he's like, wait a minute, you don't run people there? Even Well, they'll never win. How do you know that? Wow. So he told yes. them when the 168ers went to their party in Hawaii, 
you can you run someone in every district. And so when the California LA party came back, they're like, well, if we have to run somebody, maybe we should get somebody that can at least you know get some attention. And so they dragged me into that thing. <laughs> we got a lot of attention though. And uh, but you know how I looked at it. First of all, five months was not enough time to undo 50 right. years of social engineering. That's what happens when you leave communities where the weeds come in, the dirt gets hard. Now mm. there's cement on it. It's just going to take time. But you have to spend the time. And so even with Larry, you know. He is a national figure now, so now it's just time. Yeah, yeah. And time could be on his side because people in California know something's going terribly wrong. Yeah. We're even, it's one of the reasons that guy's running up in LA. He's like, I don't want to leave LA. I Which love guy's LA. This? Who's this? Caruso's his name. Caruso, yeah, this he's is running for, for the mayor. Uh, for mayor of Los Angeles. Yeah, businessman. Businessman, big businessman. Big businessman. And his ads are really interesting because he's just saying, look, I don't want to leave LA. I love LA and we can fix this together. And so basically what he's saying is let's do this. One of the downsides to what happened to Larry is it was too close to Trump and people were too mad at, at Trump. And so it brought out, once they started messaging that he's just another Trump, uh, it brought the liberals to the polls. But I think that yep. there might be enough distance now that um, Caruso could pull out LA. If he's able to do that, you can then start to see that cement getting hammered on. It can be fixed. People are fixing it all around the world uh, and looking into America because of the Build Act that Trump also did over in, some, in countries in Africa, but also here. We can see it in all of our mm. little broken down zip codes that there's some activity. Uh, Greenville, South Carolina, for instance, they just came out with a book just was written about what they've been able to do. It's called Reimagining Greenville. They took that city and flipped it. And now Global Travelers Magazine say, if you go to California, I mean, if you go to U.S. and you haven't gone to Greenville, you missed. Wow. You missed America. We can turn this around. It's just a matter of getting someone with the passion to say, "I can fix it." But to your point, neighborhood at a time. Yes. These churches. I was just talking to one of our pastors. We have a three programs in Cure. We have the policy program. We have a media program. And we have a, a clergy association. I was talking to one of my clergy. He told me, oh, I've passed the baton to a new clergy. I said, oh, well, when I'm in L.A., I'll like to meet with him. He said, well, I have to get an appointment because, you know, he lives way out. Like, I don't want to say because then they're going to know who I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 I'm like, what kind of pastor doesn't live right. in his community? Exactly. Never mind. you got to be a pastor. Never mind. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm just. No need to if, meet. If you fix your blocks, if you took the Nehemiah model and fix your blocks and it just next to each other. Fight in front of your door. In right front in front of, of your, your house. door. That's right. Wow. So that's what that's where churches have decided to go with a lot of their attention. And the vultures come in. The pagans yeah. are there now. So yeah. it's making it harder. The cancer's metastasized, but there's healing even in stage four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's been said, and there's been those who have said it, that um, uh, California, that they have hope for California because it's gone so low, it's gone so <laughs> down that there's no further place for it to go. I want to believe that's true. It's not true. It's not true. Uh, but I don't believe it. I think it could go much worse. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say needs to happen in California? Because you have great insights to mm -hmm. what's going on, what's wrong, and what could be right. What does the average um, California need to do if they don't want to move? I have to tell you, could I move? I could move. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been passing this church for over 30 years. Yeah, well, hypothetically, right? <laughs> I mean, I've, yeah. I've pastored here for more than 30 years. I could go, mm -hmm. but I don't want to go. No. 
and I'm not going to go. I'm not either. Yeah. I work in D.C., but I'm not leaving California. Uh, God called California. Most of our cities are named after saints. This is this is the place to be free. You know, every time I come and you see the ocean, it reminds hmm. me of that poet that said, when I just see that orange skew over the horizon, my sense of possibility returns. We know what that means as Californians. We've oh, just yeah. let it get away from us, and we need to take it back. So we're, it's, a, it's a war. And I don't yes. think that everybody's going to need to leave. And in particular, when it comes to property taxes, one of the initiatives by Republican here in our state keeps our property tax so low that if you can get a house, you can keep your house, even yeah. in when you age in your house. No, this is just going to take some fight. And most of that fight is you and leading your congregation to say, no, it's not about the economic conditions for why we might leave and go somewhere that's just brutal, that doesn't have what we have in terms of freedom and beauty. But it's because of that freedom and beauty. God wants mm. us to fight for his land, and we need to do it. And, it's, and we're, we're dark, but that's why the light has to shine here. I love what you just said. It's so encouraging. And maybe it's because I'm a native Californian that I say this, but very few people know what you just said, that most of our cities are named after religious figures and our saints. Yeah. For example, Sacramento mm -hmm. is referencing the sacredness, Sacramento sacraments. Oh, wow. Sacramento. Um, this is the only state mm -hmm. out of all the 50 states mm -hmm. that have mission stations that yeah. Father Sarah yeah. Yeah. established to preach the gospel. That's right. It's the only state in America that has the El Camino Real, the King's Highway, mm -hmm. King Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, but what is good is always under attack. Yeah. I mean, right. you can't say anything. Right. Star Parker cannot say anything that is good without it being attacked. Right. Same goes for me. Right. But what do we expect? Right. Here's right. the thing that I wish and hope and pray that Californians wake up to that this state's worth fighting for. Well, people are gonna criticize us if we take a stand. So what? Right. It's worth fighting for. And technologies, right here. Computer, aviation, right here. Gold rush, right. It's, it's a, it's right a, here. It's an incredible, <laughs> it's freedom. And we're losing that freedom and we have to get our passion to want it back. Uh, you mentioned technology. You know, I've used many a time in my column during this abortion debate that we're having, Steve Jobs as an example of would your life be better or worse without him? I mean, my goodness, he was a single mom. Right. Here she is pregnant with this mm, kid who, yeah. dad, it was, and he got adopted out. I mean, adoption's a beautiful option. Right. God adopted us into his family. So I think that it's, I think that there are a lot of the techie guys that are actually waking up to the reality that freedom is much better than the totalitarianism that the left has in mind. Where it becomes complicated for them is that, um, as abortion, there are some absolutes uh, that if they buy into, they're, they're going to be called religious religious zealots yeah, yeah, yeah. and they don't want that yeah. part of it. Uh, but I think that yeah. there's room for religious zealots in California. If we can be whatever we want to be and do whatever we want to do, then I think that we can make Christianity in vogue again. <laughs> I think it's wonderful, yeah. frankly. What's very cool is the fact that I'm, in fact, just last night I had, this, I had a chance to speak to about 300 young people and I'm very encouraged. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realize that even if they're not believers, those that are 35 and under, are trending pro-life yeah. because of technology. Yeah. They, they have that, apps now where you yeah. can put in, oh, I think I'm eight weeks pregnant. 
there's all kinds of apps that show computer generated design activity of what's going on on the inside. Yeah. And this is changing people's minds. The younger generation's very pro-life. We just need to get them to vote. Well, now that's a different issue. People have to <laughs> change their voting patterns, but the Republicans are too lazy to go out and say, yeah. here are the, here yeah, yeah. the absolutes. And so, you, you know, it's almost become um, meaningless to many. But it's interesting that not only they're becoming more pro-life, we're starting to see them want to think about marriage again because they're coming from all this brokenness. Oh. You know, the baby boom generation tried it all and, it, and it's left wanting. So I think that people, Man. we could see a shift, especially with that major young, youth, you know, because they are, they've, they've experienced the hurt, the ugly. They're seeing that nothing is going right anywhere in our society while liberals will just keep saying, well, let's just do it more. And they're like, no. And they actually care. They care about their neighbor, if you will. They, they're social. Uh, and so in that social state, they want to do something. So the job of the church is to be the organization set up to help them get that done. Exactly. That, that we've always been, but now we got a lazy about us and now God's waking us up to our first mission, our first love, to get back out there and Amen. help the least of these. Yep. So I think that that's so, um, what politicians have to do. That's why I was so glad to see you helping Larry. That's what they have to do in Washington, D.C. And there's a realigning that is going on. And even though it's dark, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Yeah. And so when we grab a hold of that and stop becoming the complaint machine, which is happening, and it's now it's firming up inside of the, the party of the right, we can't allow that as Christian conservatives. Are you kidding? God is gracious. He's full of compassion. He's yeah. alive. So why in the world would we want to think that woe is me, everything's over. It's not over whatsoever. Star, what would you say to the Christian community that says, oh, you know, wow, it makes a lot of sense, Star, what you're saying, but we're Christians and this is the world and this is not our home. Heaven's our home and we really don't get involved in anything like that because it's dirty. It's the world. Right. But, it, but it's not the world. God created and wants us to create. You can't, we're to fix, we're here for a purpose. We're to fix what we see is broken in our immediate lives. It's not about dismissing it and saying, well, I'm going to turn it anyway. What about that lot of life that you have right here? Right. You didn't ask to be here. God put you here. That's why even on abortion debate, it's like not every woman can get pregnant. So right. the fact that you're pregnant, honor being a mom, even if it's one minute, and then you turn that child to someone else, right. that will raise them. So no, I look at everything as an opportunity. And those people that want to escape, especially the ones that say, um, oh, well, you know, God's coming. Remember when the economy fell apart and everyone was losing their homes in Orange oh, yeah. County? And oh, no, that, that meant the rapture was yeah. next yeah, the day. End. I'm like, maybe you should read either some history. Maybe you should travel <laughs> around the world and see yeah. that. No, the fact that you Just, lost your $500,000 house. Just go across Just go. the border and here. What I, what I do every time I get depressed, I'd take a trip to Italy where they where they were doing the catacombs and going way exactly. down deep, where they were stripping skin. You know, I remind people and myself of, well, how, remember when God called Nathaniel, he said, there's purity. He said, yeah. that, that guy's really good. Yeah. You know how he lost his life? They stripped his skin Took off Took his skin him. off. So don't, yeah, really? <laughs> you live in Orange County, California, you're depressed talking about some rapture? Yeah. I just laugh at him. I don't even have a word to say to them. So true. Because, oh, I love know, it. Go I'm... adopt something. Go do something. Well, Instead of watch TV, you know, these are the same ones that sit there and watch all that secular stuff. 
We You're wouldn't exactly have an LGBTQ correct. problem right now if they weren't, if Christian people weren't watching and laughing at all that stuff when they were trying to embed it into culture. So I think that to reverse uh, it, go instead and, and help at a, at a crisis pregnancy center because they're going to get ready to be overwhelmed uh, when we end abortion, uh, when we overturn Roe v. Wade. Our, our centers are going to need everything. They're going to need time, talent, resource, everything they're going to need. Can you so. imagine what you just said if we had if we could somehow get the challenge across that we're going to have like 30 days of Jesus do, just oh, Jesus wow. do. That's a great. Let's, let's do 30 days of Jesus, Jesus do. do. What does that mean? Okay, no technology. Let's get up. Let's get out. Right? And let's, 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 let's go, go after our something. culture. Let's yeah, do yeah, something. Yeah. Let's, let's do clean something. up our streets. Let's go and volunteer somewhere. Let's take yeah. care of somebody's little child. Let's, uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, call yeah. the city. In fact, the city. You might even like it. And you know who can really do it are the, are the singles, because all they do is, uh, is yep. woe is me, they want to be married. But if you go out and you do the work of Anna and others in the scripture, exactly. uh, then, you, then you'll be fulfilled. You'll find that that you're looking for instead exactly. of sitting there watching TV. So why don't you do that? You're a pastor. You have a big following. Why don't we do a 30-day Jesus do? Let's, let's Especially, that, we should do it in June, because June is now the gay month. And we can be happy gay, too. I don't even, you know what, I've noticed. Let's do it in August. Let's, Nothing happens August. Well, We're when these away. cameras turn off, let's let's figure it out. Oh, we will. Jesus do. Something. We have to Jesus do something. Month. <laughs> That's but actually you, a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah, because imagine, just imagine. I mean, how many churches are there? And if everybody said we can do that together, surely we are the church. Um, and every Christian, I mean, a third of Americans still get them go to church. Well, when their church is open, so that's a hundred million. That go that do that. So 100 million people in their various states on one month, just doing something that they think the Lord would appreciate. That could actually imagine work. if somebody like Star Parker could even um, craft an assignment, where the Jesus do thing is pick one of these five things mm -hmm. for your church or community. Oh, I got to give some thought to that because one of the ideas that we have at Cure is charity tax credits. You know how you get deductions when you when you um, give or your offering or give donation. But in our broken zip codes, in areas that really need mm. attention, uh, if we could get charity tax credits to where people volunteer in there and or they give money in there, it's dollar for dollar, just like they have their per child tax credit. That's so cool. we haven't gotten that to law yet, but the discussion continues. Yeah. And every time there's a political turnover uh, and Republicans in charge, you just try to get your ideas into something that they're already doing. So that's an idea that we have been trying to move forward. And, mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it just comes to mind that what we're talking about is what the early church did in colonial America. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the early church was the epicenter mm -hmm. of the community's activities. Mm -hmm. Government got in our way. When you look at Truly. what happened, after the Civil Rights Act was signed into law, freedom was our country. We were reborn as a people. Mm. Now it became very individual individual, whether you're dealing with racism in your life, whether you're dealing with um, uh, um, anger in your life, whether you're dealing with um, poverty in your life, that was our moment to say, let's go do what the founders had envisioned. But instead, they developed a welfare state within a year. <laughs> a year later, the government's like, oh, no, no, your churches are not doing what you used to do. We're taking over this. And we secularized yeah. everything. And over time, 
it just got to where it really corrupted our society. So now we have, um, you know, energy problems. We have the the, mm -hmm. the hard, you know, dangerous energy is overwhelming. The creative energy, just in pockets, though. But it's fixable. It really is. If we, as a body of Christ, focused on it, uh, it is fixable. And then we can take it from the government again. It's That's hard right. to pull it out now because right. seven out of ten dollars that comes into Washington immediately goes out to a person through a program. But over time, the way we got here, we can get out of it. But it does take long-term planning because it's 50 years that took us to get here. So I think if citizens cared, if they just decided to care, I think they. I think they do care, Pastor. I think they just don't know what to do. Everyone, so, you, so it's easier to tune it out. Just... Which, by the way, this is a good place for us to start wrapping this up. We're very committed, as you well know, to being a church of non-spectator faith. Mm -hmm. We don't believe in a spectator faith. Mm -hmm. That if a believer believes, then they're going to go do the Jesus do thing. The thing. Yeah. And so you spoke here rather recently and you don't know this, but you came out here and you were so gracious because the schedule had to get shifted up for some reason, I forget. You came out like about four hours ahead of schedule and you delivered a message that was to come back California, I believe it was, or whatever <laughs> that special event was. Mm -hmm. What you said was so anointed, it was so powerful. Oh, thank you. And it, it got a lot of traction. And so much so that um, soon I have a plan uh, to show it here. I'm going to introduce it uh, to the congregation and what the event was and then throw you up on the screens oh, wow. and have it played. Oh, wow. Because of the magnitude and the impact of what you said was so true, so honest, so direct and your voice needs to get out so much more. I know you're okay. out there, but it needs to get out more. Yeah. And um, I, I know that when, when you look up Star Parker's name, it will say most often activist. And <laughs> I, I, I hate that title in Ooh. most contexts, but here's how I view it because of having seen you in person speak, is if you wanna label her activist, it's because she's activated. Okay. <laughs> you have been activated. You want to slap active, <laughs> activists, whatever, but whatever. you have been so activated. You are, you are uh, truly preaching and saying and offering what you believe. Mm -hmm. And so what can our audience do to help you? Where can they send their love? Oh, they can send their love to CurePolicy.org for sure. CurePolicy.org. We are a nonprofit and we can use every dollar and we do it wisely to get the messaging out for sure in those three areas that I mentioned. But also the encouragement of prayer and then to be active in what we're asking them to do. One of the reasons I started Cure is to get poverty issues out of Washington, D.C. Charity belongs to the church. It belongs to local communities. Yeah. And we've allowed government to take over and destroy people's lives. So I want it out of there so they can also volunteer. Our pregnancy care centers really need their help. This is a big deal for me because when women say no, men will go to work and then they'll marry. Imagine. So, and that's what has broken down. In fact, I just did my column and I'm looking at the numbers of what happens to men when they get lost. 
Marriage is a social stabilizer. God put the biological clock in a woman to help stabilize our society. But when marriage breaks down, men get lost. That's and now we have a lot of lost men, so we're seeing suicide rates, we're seeing the gun violence, so they're always lone men, they don't, they're right. just lost in society and it's women that help them. So when, when because of birth control and, and welfare state and abortion, women are not demanding marriage. And then they don't demand marriage, men oh, lose track, they that. won't work. You should see the numbers. In fact, my caller, it's out this week. You'll look at that and see the numbers of the men that are just dropping out of society. They're just dropping out of work. And now the women are the ones working and marriage is totally collapsed. Where's this column? My column? Oh, it's at curepolicy.org, too, but it's a nationally syndicated column. I don't know where it runs around here. It used to be an Orange County Register, but then they sold and they did all kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's all across the country, and a lot of papers all across the country. Wow. And a lot of websites. It, you know, I don't know where that thing is. I write yeah, it for yeah. creators, and then they get it out That's everywhere. So great. <laughs> I know. I just found out I'm in Chattanooga every Sunday. The guy said, yeah, you're in my Chattanooga paper. Every Sunday, 250,000 people. I'm like, really? Isn't I never great? knew. Yeah, it is great, because I knew I was in Nashville, and I knew I know I'm in a lot of low <laughs> places, but I had no idea I was in Chattanooga on a Sunday morning, so that's kind of cool. But um, but yeah, the, uh, the the back to the point that the church is the model for what people need to do, and I think that the more we understand that, you know how um, you know when you what is the scripture? You know it where where you have more responsibility to whom, to that's whom given, much is given, yeah. much is required. That's right. So we're we're required to to <laughs> to, to, to to recover our lives, and, and that's discipline our lives. He no, didn't, he I didn't think give it's us, wonderful. He didn't give us that statement as a punishment. No. You know, to whom much is given, much is required. He gave that to us as a motivator. Yeah. It should be like, really? Wow. When you're faithful yeah. with a little bit, you yeah. know, I love what you just said. And I and I don't know if it was uh, through Ben Shapiro or, or Dennis Prager, wh whatever group it was, but um, something to the effect, but this I do remember, where the question was put forth, who do you think... Uh, is better off, the single man or the married man? Mm -hmm. And most people thought, the single guy, he can do whatever he wants and he can do, well, if he can do whatever he wants, he also sleeps in mm -hmm. and he also doesn't engage. Mm -hmm. What happens is at the end of a certain time frame, I don't remember if it was 45 or 55, whatever it was, mm -hmm. the married man makes more money That's right. because he's motivated That's right. and the married, man, the married man has less mental health challenges and he's physically healthier. Every the area. In every, every area. area. You know, it's like he can do whatever he wants. It's like a child that you don't have the fence up. Yep. They don't go out because they're, you got to, right. And men, women are their social stabilizers. Oh, so no they, they, they reach their, their goals. And the challenge that we have with more single men is single men are promiscuous men, yep. generally speaking. And promiscuous men, they're creating dangerous men. 95% of the men in our prison system have no relationship with their dad. Now, the blacks want to reverse it and try to make it seem like it's racial. It's not racial because when you see black husbands married to the mother of their children, we can't even measure the difference in how their children um, fare, whether it's educational, crime, um, economically, when we compare it to whites where the husband's married to the mother of children. But where you see single life, Mm. That's where you have this disparity. 75% of those young boys in our criminal justice system, they don't have a relationship with their dad. They're, not, they're from single 
households, these, these, these guys. And marriage in the black community, unfortunately, has broken down at a faster pace than in the white community. So now you have about 30% of black adults married. In the white community, they're right at 50%. That's why you're starting to see the same pathologies that we thought were only in our poor communities everywhere in society. We can recover this if all we do is get rid of abortion so women will be much more mindful about their sexual expressions and learn to say no again. You say no, they'll marry you. And when they get married, they fare better. That's how God designed it. And it's worked throughout history, as you've said. And we thought we knew better and we were enlightened and we changed things. And now we're looking at the data saying, this is not good. Wow. You know, the you mentioned 75%. The first time I ever heard that was from a man who said, the reason why there are more black men in prison is because 75% of those men grew up in homes where their dads Fathered them, but never it was never a dad. Abandoned the family. That's right. And abandoned the family, mm -hmm. and that's got to change. You know who mm -hmm. said that? Yeah. Barack Obama said that. Yeah, yeah. Barack Obama and said that. And then he made it to the presidency, and he turned that race card out, and 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 didn't look back anymore at wow. the damage that he was doing to these young men. And I think that that's why we saw a lot of black young men gravitate toward Trump because they need that. They need someone, all men need someone men. that channels their energy from the streets to sports or to schooling to exactly. something. And fact. usually it's the wife that will help do that in a man's life. And that's how, what makes society work. Such You're right, including aging. They age, men don't age well alone. And, and we can go on. Uh, this is a data I, I study through Cure. This is what we do. We try to fix things. We just came out with our first tome, a book, The State of Black America. And it's to, and it's to alternative to what we've been hearing from the Urban League and all the rest of them in their state of black America since the 50s, that every problem that happens in these communities is somebody else's fault. Mm. And we just came out with ours and said, we're gonna take an in-depth look at the history, the good, the bad, the ugly, and then we're gonna try to move forward. And so next year when we come out with it, we're gonna look at where it broke down in social policy and make sure that the society recognizes that this is not about race. This is The challenges we're having today are moral challenges. It's about spiritual well-being. And we've lost that in our, in our culture. We've lost it all throughout our culture. So now we have to get to the place that when Nehemiah, he was crying, he went and told him, and they said, will you build? You want to do this? And people said yes. That's why I'm encouraged, because they all said yes. Yeah, man. <laughs> But he did go around the leaders to get to the yeah. people. He had to go around all and he the... slapped a few guys around. Well, he had to slap I... a few guys around. Oh, you know, yeah. they oh, deserved well. it. Well, you said I'm Deborah. I think she slapped around a Deborah. few people, too. Yeah, exactly <laughs> so, right. So, yeah, I think that, um, you know, if the Christians will get their, their, their encouragement back, that God saved them, yeah. and then I think that we can get our country back and get our culture back. So, listen, you've got some materials that people can get at cure.org. Right? Yeah, books? well, you got to go to curepolicy.org. Curepolicy.org. Org. And there's and, books that you Oh, we have everything. We have books. We have, and we only, we don't bother you. We just once a week, you're going to get an email or they have my TV show in there or have my podcast in there or have um, some research we've done in there. So it's just once a week and kind of go through all of that. But books are available and things like this as well, awesome. including the state of black America. And then annually, we have a policy summit for the clergy that are serving in those zip codes. And so we really want people to come to the one that we have coming up in October this year because it's one month before the election. And so we're encouraging people to send their gifts to us so that we can scholar pastors Please. that are in some of yes. our battleground Senate states and get them in a room for three days and lock the door and let them know that that Tuesday they need to encourage their congregation to stop voting against their Christianity. Wow. Don't vote your color, vote your Christ. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing this year.
where and when again? It's in Washington, D.C. every year, but it's in um, the fall. It's in October, the first week. Uh, but this year, we're really pushing in to get pastors that are from those different states to come in and listen to this regular diet of what has broken down, and in particular, oh. for their congregations and how it is imperative that they do what you do on Sunday. They inform their congregations, say, you know what? We love God, but we're going voting against him and we hmm. need to stop. Don't worry about whether it's a D or an R anymore. That's Just go right. and vote your values. Biblical worldview so, values. That's right, that's right. So that's in October for us. Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you guys, Star Parker, so send your love to curepolicy.org, curepolicy.org. I would love for you guys to respond to her website because she mentioned the word sponsorship to get leaders to this conference that they can make a difference in their community. That's how we're gonna experience um, things changing in America, two different ways. Revival will take place within the church. It's the church that must be revived. When the church is revived, the culture is changed. If you study revival in history, that's exactly what happens. She mentioned Nehemiah a couple of times. That's exactly what happened. And that's what the hope for California is. It's in the church. It's not in the state house. It's in God's house. And so please remember, pray for Star Parker, support Star Parker, curepolicy.org, awesome materials there. And Star, it's great having you. Thank you. Love, your, love your boldness. <laughs> bless you, love your clarity. <laughs> Thank you. This Jack Hibbs podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities are listener supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.